0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm your host, Diane Gibbs, and this is a podcast for really focused on people who are doing a side hustle or they're freelancers and they're kind of in that entrepreneurial journey. So today I have Alex Lazarus, and he definitely has side hustle as well as many other things that he's involved in, but he's also um, really leads a team. And so this one was talking about mentoring creatives and why it was so important for him Um, because maybe he didn't have a great mentor and so he wants to be that person but he also leads a team of creatives and and that's something I think if you're a freelancer if you're doing something sometimes you have to lead a team that you're not necessarily sitting next to or you have to lead your team because that's your company so anyway hopefully you guys will get lots out of this one I am super inspired by Alex's story and so I can't wait to share it so um, Alex thanks for being here
1: It's an honor. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Anytime. All right. So I've already hit record. I have to have a reminder because I'm not the brightest bulb sometimes. So I want you to tell us a little bit about your background and where your love for design became. Because your story is um, a little different. It's not like you went to art school and um, you really didn't study a ton of design classes. You kind of got a degree in it more in the marketing kind of field, right?
1: Correct, yeah, absolutely. So I will start this off with a preface. I'm wearing a onesie that has a sweet hood. We're doing like a...
0: Oh, yeah, that's super cute.
1: Yeah, so it's a like Child Cancer Awareness Day at Amazon, and Twitch is owned by Amazon. So we're, we've been asked to wear pajamas to work. So this is my pajama. It feels very on brand. It's like purple and turquoise, and it's great. Um, so uh, my background comes from... Ooh, yeah, I don't know where to start.
0: So you grew up in Texas in in between Dallas and Houston, right?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Houston. I spent most of my life in Houston, so I'm used to the heat and the humidity, Um, the (laughs) the hardships and stuff of Houston, which is great. I love it. Um, Grew up playing soccer, Um, loved that, really loved getting involved with like breakdancing and street art and street culture, um, kind of from like a young age. Uh, and that's really where I, I started finding my love for design was I um, getting involved with like more of the artists and more of like this, like breakdance crews and graffiti crews uh, back in high school. I uh, started like really falling in love with like Obey, Shepard Ferry, as well as um, Banksy and all these like other really popular street artists. So that's kind of where I started like trying to learn how to do Photoshop and all this stuff to start making my own stencils and try to do design work that way like Uh, what age Ooh. my first web design client was when I was 16 um and then ever since then I kind of started taking on more and more web clients getting referred to other clients um I started making kind of apparel and stuff with stencils um for friends in high school so maybe like 15 ish um so really really young (laughs) <laughs> didn't know what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. So I guess. But, but
0: I think that's part of it. Like just trying and then you go forward and, and that's really a huge signature thing for you is like embracing kind of that failure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It, I, I want to say it gets easier over time. It it does a little bit. <laughs> it's still really hard throwing yourself out in, in certain things like dancing for me is one of those things that I still am so uncomfortable. <laughs> like me on a dance floor is, that and karaoke are like two things that I struggle with.
0: So. Well, I guess you don't have to do karaoke, but um, but I guess if you have a partner to dance with, I always think it's a little bit easier.
1: It definitely is because I can hide behind that person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, if you were dancing with me, you couldn't hide behind me because I'm pretty short, there, Alex. But I, but I can
1: I can drop it low. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, you. Yeah, you definitely do that on the longboards when you're racing, for sure. Right? You get down to my height. <laughs> it's true. So, all right. So, um, you you go to school. You actually do, p- play soccer um, at the college level, and you're a goalie because we're going to get into that in a minute. And you um, get a degree. And what was your degree called? What What did you graduate with?
1: Uh, my official title for my degree was Emerging Media and Communications. Um, and then I had a minor in political science and a minor in marketing. Right.
0: Um,
1: originally, I was going to go to school for marketing because I felt like that's where I wanted to be. Um, I kind of fell in love with like the big ad agency world, loved it. I fell in love with Wieden & Kennedy. Um, for people that aren't familiar with them, they do all the old spice advertisements and all the Nike work, and they've just kind of been world-renowned for their work. So I wanted to eventually end up being a creative director at one of those ad agencies. Um and then I left school. I was already working in, in a like a smaller agency called um One Fast Buffalo.
0: Yeah, I've had um, been on my show before.
1: He's an incredibly talented designer. So he yeah.
0: is. And he's got a great story too. So but anyway, so you worked for him while you were in school, right?
1: Correct. And then I left school and went to a large or no, sorry, I was already at a medium sized agency. Um kind of throughout college so I, I had like random design jobs and other gigs and stuff and then I got into an agency and then I was working in an agency and I did not like how they kind of treated people mm. um, I, I think just agencies in general have like a really bad culture sometimes where they just mm-hmm. burn out, they turn to burn especially when you're young like you just get cranked on and you just kind of get through the blender and then you're done um, and the only way to get promoted seems like you have to go to another agency and it was just like kind of I don't know I, I just looked at all my colleagues and that were kind of my age, and I was just like, we're not getting paid what we should be, um, for, especially for the hours that we're getting done. Uh, so left them, went to One Fast Buffalo, um, had a great time learning from Ben. Ben's incredibly talented. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was great. And then I left that and started doing my own thing and just kind of exploded and kept getting referrals and was kind of on this never-ending train of work. And I kind of looked around and I was like, all right, I'm way too young right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I figured, I, like, you figure it out, like, which is kind of my thing is like, I, I like to just keep, like, <laughs> keep failing as much as possible till I figure it out. And so I did that. Um, but then I was feeling like I wasn't learning the craft as much. Mm-hmm. I was learning business really well. Um, but I wasn't getting to understand, like, exactly how to get better as a designer. So I left that and joined as a lead visual designer at Maven Link.
0: And then that's when you went from Texas to California.
1: Correct. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And you were really kind of managing the brand, uh, the of the marketing side. There was a guy over you who did marketing and something else, products. Yeah,
1: something. we had a we had a design director who um, overlooked like our marketing team's design work and then our uh, product team design work as well. So he kind of oversaw both of us or both departments. And so I kind of got to lead all of our marketing de- teams, de- like designers, and all our collateral, and really kind of be the creative director within that organization without necessarily the title.
0: So that was was going from agency to in-house. So that was a big shift change.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was actually going from me leading my own kind of Mm. studio into uh, in-house, which is definitely a huge change whenever you're like working uh, (laughs) incredibly long hours. Like I think I was working on average 85 hours a week or something like that. It was, Pretty gnarly. Well, you're, uh, you're working for you, so you got to do it, and so yeah. Yeah, exactly. You never know when the next paycheck is going to come in, uh, especially when I was working, I was art directing for an agency called VML, uh, which has just bought Rockfish, so they're national and they're huge. Um, love them. They The work was great, um, but they have like a net 40 pay period, so you have to wait 40 days before that first paycheck comes in, um, and the work typically takes all your workload for the next two weeks. So you're essentially out. And typically I run like a net seven pay period. So it was, you know, you just have to like hustle, 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 and try to take on as much work as possible so you can pay your bills. Right.
0: All right. So then you you go to Mavenly and you're in, um, you move to California and this is the first time where you're not just leading your team personally, but now you have team that's more set. You have some of the, uh, the ease is off of you because it's not like you're getting a pay. You are getting a paycheck. It's not like you're having to do try to wear all the hats in a business, right?
1: Correct. There's less stress in the fact that like I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from, mm-hmm. um, which is lovely. It's a great spot to be in. Um, the design director, Aaron, is fantastic. Um, really, incredibly talented. Um, one of those people you'll never find on the internet cause he doesn't believe on social media or online <laughs> portfolios, um, but super wicked talented. I learned a lot from him from a strategic perspective, also how to communicate with mm-hmm. internal like stakeholders a little bit better. Um, and his just raw talent was, his craft was incredible. He did those like Williams-Sonoma and Whole Foods on the side. It's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. So I learned a lot from him.
0: So uh, Joe has a question. He says, a lot of people feel that in-house designers can get lost in the mix with regards to keeping a fresh skill set and being able to try new things. Was this something that you felt when being in-house or versus at an agency?
1: Absolutely. I, I That was always, I think, one of my concerns. Um, even at Mavenlink, I thought the craft that we are doing for um, doing business-to-business software design could essentially just be really, really ugly. Um, but I thought we, what we did was we put a fresh perspective on it and made it really elegant, and, um, going to like Epicureans and other stuff where, where all these high, high quality designers, are like, Oh my God, I love your product. I love your design work. It's, it's great. It feels really good. Um, and so that made me really happy, but yeah, you're, you get stuck knowing where, Kind of your brand visuals are right. Like you have your toolbox, and you can use your hammer or your screwdriver, and you still get the job done. Sometimes you need to throw on some duct tape. Like you, it, you kind of are stuck to your limited palette. Um, luckily, at Mavenlink, um, Aaron and I kind of set out to kind of evolve the the brand over time. So we made sure that everything was flexible, but we were still building design systems. Um, but I agree. Like you're, you're not going to learn some like brutalist design whenever everything is. Like really elegant at your company but that's
0: where that side project and that side hustle really comes into fueling you because sometimes just having that paycheck can be a relief and I feel like that's where a lot of people are who are here they have a, a full-time gig and then they're doing a side a side thing so what um, I guess with twitch because now you're not at maven link you're now at twitch and you're um, a Kind of doing the same thing, kind of over the brand, but you have it's, it's a more flexible place, right? And my mom just came, so hey, mom, hi, hey, mom, we got to keep it clean for her, remember? So yeah, she always hates when it. I say that, but <laughs> anyway, so
1: <laughs> I was to, to Cars earlier, and I was like, oh, I, need, I need you this is gonna but, be very hard for me,
0: <laughs> but um, but like, what do you think? Is that is that where those you get to? feel that or fuel that inner fire. Cause you have these, I feel like Twitch would be much more um, flexible maybe with their brand, but it's still, at some point you still have these boxes, even if the box is bigger, you still have boxes to fit in. And that, you know, outside of the design that that might be, that's where some of this other stuff comes in, right? Some of the side yeah, projects. And
1: I, I think, yeah, luckily i um, being a brand designer, I get to sometimes cut down the box and rebuild my own. Um, but even like, I mean, internal stakeholders don't like change sometimes. Um, so it's a lot about trying to sell them. And as mm. a, on a brand team, we're here, we're trying to constantly push and like revitalize the brand and kind of make sure that it's hitting all the trajectories and all the right right audiences and our community is happy with it and all this stuff. Uh, but we still have to evolve it over time. Uh, and so that's where we can kind of play with stuff. But it all. I think the more I get to work on the side, the more happy I am and the more I can pull into my current job here. Um, right. So yeah, I agree. Like you're learning, you have to do that side hustle. You have to learn on the side so you can do the side work just so you can, I think, be content as a creator.
0: Absolutely. All right. So now we're on question two. Um, (laughs) We're getting a little off track, but it's totally fine. We'll just have you on again if we need to. But all right. So you played soccer. So I have this idea or this um, philosophy or this thinking. I guess it's a whatever you call that in science, a theory maybe. Um, So you played soccer growing up and even in college. And how do you think playing soccer has helped you be? part of uh, or better at being part of a team at work
1: yeah so uh soccer for me I I started playing from a very young age I think maybe five or six or somewhere on there maybe earlier you have to ask my mom um but from like kind of a young age I was playing but I would never really took it seriously until probably eighth grade um I was shoved in the goal because I was taller than everybody else and I never even owned goalie gloves until then I was like, "Oh man, this is really cool! I want to try this." And I bought a set of goalie gloves. And then, from then on, it was kind of like this this upward trajectory of me trying to learn how to play this position, um, try to understand like what it means to to get knocked down or get scored on, and try to like get my head clear again. Um, being a goaltender or a goalkeeper helped me understand um, how to step back a bit because you're in the goal, so you're you're further away from your team um Mm -hmm. you're not in the action as much so you get to like kind of work on your leadership skills and so um being a goalkeeper helped me look back and see a bigger picture see the whole like all the moving parts which are my players see what they're doing yell out coordinations tell them where to go like try to be the on-field coach for essentially um that it also taught me how to like like got scored on a lot. Like I, I had to jump, I had to fall, I had to like slide, I had to get hit. I had to got kicked in the head so many times. Probably if I start slurring my words, <laughs> you'll know why. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all about like just repetitive failure and trying to like figure out this leadership um, and working with people. So. Um, well, and
0: it's yeah. also, you were in a box. It's so funny because there's so like you're a brand, you're managing the brand. Like that's a whole like soccer goalie thing still sort of. Anyway, yeah, totally. Um, So uh, Joe's saying his daughter wants to play goalie on her soccer team, she, so he'll have to pass that advice on.
1: All yeah, get her a goalie coach because a uh, goalie trainer will definitely save the world. I, people don't think goalkeepers do anything. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Thank you so much. People are like, oh, you're fat, you're a goalie. And It's like, no. So to get into university soccer programs for like D1 and D2, which is what I was trying to get into, and I managed to get recruited for a bunch um you have to run a 2 miles in 12 minutes so you have to keep up with everybody else you have to do the same physical fitness tests as everybody else um and then you also have to do goalkeeper training on top of your team training so when i was playing for three teams i would have three games a week i would have five soccer practices a week two of those would be like one would be a goalkeeper trainer for my club and then i'd have my own private trainer um just and so like i i was fully devoted to this career that i I was trying to get into i guess
0: so and now you're fully devoted to design (laughs) think about i mean it's amazing i love the connections so one of the things you had said was being a goalie when we were talking before that it helped you not focus on the past and i love that can you kind of tell everybody what you told me the other day
1: yeah absolutely so um i went to a goalkeeper training camp where one of the goalkeeper trainers was the manchester united goalie trainer which uh, for people that don't know, is one of the top English Premier League teams in the world. Um, so I I learned a lot. And he said, goalkeepers have to be, something is wrong with them because they are used to just getting kicked. They're used to getting put down. Um, they're, but essentially what you're looking for is moments of delight. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the the term moments of delight is such a great way to design, like uh, describe being a designer. Because you can struggle for... 12 15 hours 25 hours 40 hours on a project and you'll be floundering in this pit of despair and then like at the like there's there'll be that trigger point where it's automatically like wow this is actually somewhere cool this is great um, and then just like latching onto that feeling um so just like that in design work like and goalkeeper like getting scored on you have to keep a short-term memory like you could have a client call that one day that just like mm. they lay into you and you're just beaten and you're just put down and you just don't know how to react um, hmm. so you just have to get over that and like the next day is a new call and the next call is a new call. It's like every, every day you just have to keep that mindset. It's like, that's a different day. That was a different meeting. That was an hour ago. That's 30 minutes ago. And just try to like refocus and like bring back some positivity. Cause if you, if you, if you keep focusing on the negativity around you, you are going to constantly attract negativity. Um, and you're just going to constantly just be beaten down and nobody wants to work with that guy or girl. So, All right. <laughs> so.
0: So you told me I could ask you about this, and I feel mm-hmm. like it connects with what you we were just talking about, yep. that you grew up with dyslexia or something yep. you still have, right? Something you're always um, figuring out ways. So it is about being positive. It is about every day that you know there's going to be a new challenge. There's going to be something. And so really it was a mindset from way early on. It's also coping. A lot of times um, I've read a bunch of books, either by dyslexics or these entrepreneurs there because they're such great thinkers because they think differently usually and they also have to solve problems differently um and it makes I think it makes a really strong person to be honest uh, I know it's a, a huge challenge um but and I think it does for you as well I think you would say that this is kind of like an ace in your pocket that you didn't really realize that was going to be. But it really taught you to um, look at problems differently. And I think that's why you're a good designer. I also think it's why like on the Adobe Creative Gym, everybody was partnered up except Alex was like, I think I'll just do it alone. Because and nobody like nobody would think that they could do it alone. But you were like, ah, I I think I can do it. And you did it. And I thought your piece was rocking awesome. Like I was so impressed with that. And we'll show that in a minute. But so do you think dyslexia has been, uh, uh, I don't know because that's from way early on. Do you think that's been something that's been like this reminder and something you've had to, it's been an ace in your hole?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think, um, dyslexia for like, for a lack of better words, I think has been an advantage for me. Um, I think, so I struggled with it. So, Um, it was really hard, um, as a child. And I got made fun of a lot because we do like, I don't know why people ask like young kids to publicly read, but that is a terrible idea. (laughs) I hate that. So I I did public reading. I still struggle with public reading. Like I'll be streaming on Twitch. I'll be doing design work and I'll be like reading chat. And I'm like, (laughs) I'll just read that to myself. Like (laughs) I can't just, it's such a struggle. And, um, yeah, it was it was definitely tough. Um, it's my parents' anniversary today, so thank you, mom and dad, for for you know coaching me and helping me get through that. But yeah, we were, we'd stay up until two or three o'clock in the morning sometimes working on my math homework, and it's like simple math, it's multiplication or whatever, and it was it was tough. Yeah, um, yeah, reading was difficult. You made fun of a ton, but what it did was it like it taught me how to work really hard. Um, it taught me like
0: memory, you know, like what you were saying, some things like memory, that was something I had read in a book where they, um, they're because they're doing these memory things all the time, um, that it maybe that helped. And it has been an asset to you as a designer, because you can remember your clients, this weird tick that they really like or something.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think it helped me, um, be able to like I don't know. Adapt really quickly. Uh, I think for me, I, like I said multiple times, I'll probably get really exhaustive of me just saying it, but like I, the best way for me to learn is by failing repetitively. Um, because I can kind of step back from that failure and be like, okay, what did I do wrong here? How can I adapt this so I can be successful the next time that this happens? Um, so yeah, it's, um, I think that really helped me. I was like, okay, what's wrong with this situation? Um, I don't know, I wish I was more self-aware as a child, maybe as like five, six years old.
0: I know, but you were a kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll never be that. But uh, yeah, so I, I think now looking back on it, I think it really helps me understand like just navigating the world became a little bit easier once I figured out how to like overcome a lot of the dyslexia issues.
0: Did you know that they say, so there's two things about dyslexia that has to do with kind of design. Um, one is that Comic Sans is the easiest typeface for <laughs> dyslexics to read. Did you know that?
1: <laughs> I did not. <laughs>
0: I know that's sort of a sad thing. But I guess, um, anyway, I guess because it's about the spaces um, or whatever. But the other <laughs> thing is that if you make the letters in 3D, that kids get it. So it's a it's a perceptual uh, thing. So – do you think more in 3D than you do flat?
1: Uh, I think humans in general typically think in like spatial stuff. So I, I don't really mm-hmm. think in a design space like, oh, I'm gonna like do this design. How does that work out in 3D? But I know if I'm like categorizing stuff or doing my research and strategy work for a client, um, I can make my postcards and everything. But like until I put them up on a like uh, a whiteboard or a wall, it. It's harder for me to spatially like categor I can't spatially categorize things if I don't use it in a three or physical space. Mm-hmm. So I can like divide up the categories on walls and like mentally I have now like compartmentalized stuff and I can move things around and, and start making my own beautiful mind. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So um all right. So even
0: as a goalie, being able if you had said the other day, if a goal goes past, instead of focusing on that past failure that you really focus just on, okay, well, how can I really watch the players, see where they're coming, block better, and really focus on what you could change. And I thought that was really, because I think, so I gave back, my students got something today, and it was, um, sometimes I do this a little later in the semester, but when I feel like they're struggling, I want them to be able to encourage each other and say three positive things and one thing that they could work on. And it was funny, so they gave they turned all these in to me on Friday, and one girl wasn't there, so I got hers because she plays soccer. She was out playing soccer at, for the university. And so then they come in, and I have them all ready for them. I said, I didn't read them, but here they are. And they all were like, oh, man, I totally do need to work on that. They were reading the one negative, right, or one thing, and not focusing on the three positive. Now, I I agree. I actually think we need to be able to work on – Um, we need to always be humble and being able to work on things. But I thought it was so funny that they focused all of them, like individually alone were focused on what was negative. And I was like, guys, but there were three positives on there. So, so think about, I mean, I agree. You need the negative. It can't just be all sunshine and starfish, but you know what I mean? Like I I felt like um, with what you're saying by not thinking because I think we get it in our head too much. Oh my gosh, I just missed that goal. I let the whole team down or something that this is just one part of the whole game. This isn't the game's not over.
1: Correct. I think, I think the key for that is the context in which you like make things negative. Right. Um, if I get scored on and I look at myself as, wow, you're so dumb. I can't believe you didn't get that. Or you just stood there. What are you doing? Like, uh that's not helpful to anybody it's not helpful to you it's not helpful to your team like self-loathing in a way that's unproductive is detrimental to the success of you and your team and your coworkers. so if you can step back and say okay why did i get scored on like yes getting scored on sucks but if i if i can stay okay i wasn't set up for the shot like i wasn't on my toes i was flat-footed and i didn't have my eyes on the side on the ball or i blinked whenever i caught the ball which is why you drop balls typically as a goalie is you blink because it's a natural reaction to the shy away. Mm-hmm. Anyways, random things. Um, yeah, so if I can't synthesize what what happened so I can be successful next time, then all I'm doing is floundering and like clawing at negativity, and, and I'm just going to get stuck in that kind of whirlpool. It's a downward spiral for sure.
0: All right, so going on that negative, I guess you mm-hmm. had some people tell you early on hey, you need to just leave the field. This is not the field for you. What um, What do you think you're doing, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, people that I looked up to in the agencies would, one of them told me like, hey, you should just quit. Like you won't be good at this, like straight up. And I was like, okay, this was all right. Good, thank you. That's really helpful. Um, yeah, but, that's terrible. Which is fine. I, I think like, I I don't know. Okay. So I'm really competitive. So now I look back, I'm like, haha, I'm doing better than you, but <laughs> I don't like that. But like, that's kind of like an, the ego side of me, which I typically try to drop the ego, but that's, I don't like when people tell me I can't do things. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it hurts. Like it, it definitely hurt early on in my career. I was like, I, I just started like, give me right. a break. I'm not there yet. And you're a senior designer and you've got time and you've got experience and I have nothing. So, uh, I tried to be the opposite force and just like encourage people and try to like show them the ropes. Um, how
0: how long until you started showing other people the ropes? Because at some point you just have to be your own cheerleader and be like, okay, well I'm going to show them. And I think sometimes you need that drive. Like I feel like we get to a point where am I at this point I need to quit? and I've done this for so long that it is time to quit because it's not working or do I keep pushing forward? Do you know what I mean? There's that, that line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think early on, like even in soccer, I, I was bad. I was so bad for so long. Um, And when I didn't get the support that I wanted from coaches or whatever, I I looked to other people that could encourage me and support me and like teach me the ropes. Um, So I always try to give that back even from a young age. And I I didn't realize that until like, I guess now talking to you that like, yeah, I would mentor freshman goalies or whatever. Like um, we would have like a lot of Spanish speaking soccer players on our team and I'd help them during lunch with like, like classwork and stuff. Just like, so we all are, we're all in the same team. Like let's, let's get going together. Um, So I, I don't know i i feel like for like i probably get this a lot from my mom just trying to like be very compassionate and and help everybody out as much as possible but um yeah i don't i don't know exactly when it happened but i've always been trying to give back as much as possible yes
0: do you are you have any siblings
1: i have a younger brother yeah
0: so you're number one I am, so yep. you were a taker care of of people probably mm, how much younger know. is he
1: He's twenty-two months, so we're we're pretty close in age.
0: Yeah, pretty close. All right, so I guess so. Wasn't just the competitive drive that didn't let you that you didn't get you down? Like you were like, okay, I'm going to show you
1: because you knew
0: it was in you. You knew you could do it. Do you think that dyslexia sort of came in, like, hey, people told me I couldn't do this, and look where I got? You know, I graduated from high school. People.
1: Yeah, I think the dyslexia probably helped me just be like, okay, don't listen to people that are going to like get you down because unless they're providing any structured critique or real formal like feedback like listening to just hey you're bad like okay (laughs) as a designer or as a creative you have to just step in there and just say hey like give me good good feedback and follow-up questions but like if you're just gonna bash me I don't want you in my life um yeah I kind of went on a tangent Can you repeat the question? Sorry. No, 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 no.
0: So I was uh, saying, was the drive was uh, that thing, the thing, and the just not really living your whole life? Because I feel like a lot of times people don't have that lifetime of people telling them. Not that people told you forever, but it's you kind of with dyslexia. I think you get that. Like I was always like my sister's super smart, and I'm not, and it was always like, I couldn't live up to her, you know? And oh like teachers would be like, are you, are her sister? Are you sure? Are you sure you're not the other Gibbs sister? Cause there was two family Gibbs. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, Vicki's my sister. And they were like, well, why are you struggling so much with this? You know? And I'm like, well, huh, just, just me. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. But, it, but it, I think that, I think it must've been, I think that's where that advantage comes in because you've, again failed and it's been okay you've still made yeah. it through which I think is so inspiring
1: yeah I think yeah I think dyslexia helped me overcome a lot as a child but then yeah I have this weird ability to think that I can do anything even though it's not true like I, I think right now I could be a MotoGP racer if I started earlier in my life like I played hockey for a little bit while I was living in Dallas and I was like damn I wish I started earlier so I can. Kind of, been in the NHL, like I, I think no matter what I could do anything as long as I had time. Um, so
0: <laughs> I do still think that I, I do. I think you're never yeah. too old to do certain things.
1: Absolutely. Like, did you I ever see know. that
0: movie? The um, last Indian? Have you seen have that? Not, no. It's about a motorcycle and he goes and races in the soft flats. Oh, I have seen that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's the real name of the movie, but anyway, yeah. he's, he's super old and he's like, not even from America. And he's, comes and he races and he like he puts anthony hopkins yeah he puts his like tablet for his heart medicine in his tank it's terrific yeah, it's great. um i can't remember what the name of that is sorry I, to get off track okay so you really even from an early age you didn't want other people to feel that way if it was the spanish-speaking kids in high school that were playing soccer with you you didn't want them to feel like they weren't able to compete in the classroom um i feel like you do that now with other designers because you don't want even if um, maybe they have a far, a long way to get the potential, but you still see that there's potential or that there's drive, right?
1: I think as long as you have passion and drive, I will give you as much time as you need. Um, I I get turned off by people that want immediate success. Mm. Uh, so like people come up, come up to me and go, how did you do this thing? <laughs> yeah like, what do you mean? I was like, do you want me to start like six years ago? Um, like where, where, where is it? Right. So, um, yeah, but if you're like, Hey, I've been like looking at this stuff and I've been practicing on my own. I don't get it. Like, can you help me critique this stuff or like work on this or change my portfolio to mm. sell a better story? Like I'm, I'll give you as much time in the world. Um, but yeah, people that are just like, uh, I haven't even Googled this yet, but like, I, I would love to do this lettering thing. I was like, Oh, go look up a shauna like, i don't know how to, i don't know how to do lettering right <laughs> saving me every time so uh yeah Hi, Shana. so
0: shauna says people <laughs> always want the shortcut and it's true you know or yeah. they think that it's in a tool but it really is in practice and that's why even with like longboard racing or motorcycle racing you have to get out there on the track and practice you can't just show up on saturday and that's why i'd say you know i'm we're i'm in the south and you know how it is in texas and Football is really important, and it's like I say, if this is where you're going pro in, how can you expect to be put in the game on Saturday if you're not practicing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right?
1: Totally. Absolutely. I'm so guilty of that right now with skating. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) So you got to get out there and skate. I would think it would be hard to find places you could skate.
1: Yeah. I Because it's like roads. Yeah, it's roads.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not like there's a track. That's true. So maybe that's a little... Okay, so you told me about desensitizing yourself and by embracing change, which I think we a lot of times don't, but you're really good at embracing change, embracing failure, and even getting hurt. So can you kind of go into a little bit how you desensitize yourself so that maybe we can do that too?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think like we we were talking earlier, just embracing that failure um, I, like I said, I, I learn by doing, so I, I, if somebody tells me something, I, I don't get it really from the start. If somebody shows me how to do it, I might get a sense of how to do it, but I won't understand it until I really start practicing it myself. Um, so just like, like learning a new design thing, um, you just kind of, you keep trying it. And like the other day I was really leaning on Shana for some lettering stuff and she, she came full force helping me and it was awesome. She's, been a great mentor for lettering and i have no idea what i'm doing still um but like yeah it's like it's just about trying it and exploring it and seeing what's wrong it's like how does she do it like how does she do her letter forms and just uh, yeah it's it's just practice and fall and, and then ask the people around you that have more experience it's like where's what am i doing wrong like this is what i think i'm doing is this correct or not um like even this weekend i've skated this road um probably six or seven weekends so like probably hundreds of runs and i kept crashing in one corner and i had no idea what i was doing wrong so i went to billy our team manager and i was like i don't know what's going on uh please help me and he was like yeah your setup is completely wrong i was like huh that's it that's the that's the issue so yeah i shouldn't have been crashing and it's always great to help people out and get that help back whenever you keep failing
0: so I think that's something you're good at, at being both places, asking for the help, but also being able to be that for somebody else and giving that. So I think that that's super important. Um, do you think anybody can do that? Anybody can desensitize themselves?
1: Yeah. Uh, What's I think the so. hardest part for people? I think it's the ego, mm. um, which I, like I said, karaoke and dancing are not my things because kind of <laughs> aesthetically and... But you're not
0: making money at either of those things. So these aren't, these are karaoke and dancing would be, um, hobbies for you. Right.
1: Yeah. I think it's just like, to me, those two things are just things that I struggle with, like social anxiety and aesthetics of how I look doing them. And I think it's it's an ego thing, right? Like, it's not like it's going to be the end of the world. Like I should be able to enjoy that. But for me, it's like, it's the ego part of it. It's like how I'm bad at these things and I don't want everybody to see it. And it's embarrassing um so uh so i think f- for me other like it's easier for me to like feel like i'm failing at design and like get help because i need to because i need those things that are directly tied to my success um when things that are like more for fun and they're tied to like an ego or whatever like it, it becomes harder for me to be like uh yeah let me fail at this uh, so <laughs>
0: So do you ever slide back into fearing in something like design or is it always kind of like you keep your focus really good? It's just dancing and karaoke.
1: <laughs> uh, those are just the two things on the top of my mind because this last weekend, Billy took us to a karaoke bar. so
0: <laughs> And made you dance?
1: Uh, no, I, I skipped out on both of those things, but <laughs> I got lucky. Um, yeah, I I don't know. For me, design Design is not stressful to me. Design is fun for the most part. Um, the work that I do, the late hours or whatever it will be, like if I don't enjoy it, then I can always walk away from it tomorrow. Right. Um, I get it. That's a career and it's a career that I spend a lot of time working on. But if you don't like what you're doing, then you should just not. Um, so I enjoy it. I enjoy the problem solving. And I know that I'm not the right designer for a lot of people. Um, I know that I don't have the skills to complete a lot of work but what I do know that I can do is problem solve my way through it um so if I need to work with um lettering artists or um like 3d modelers or animation designers or motion graphic designers whatever it is like I can I can build up the strategy and the research and the mood boards and like the art direction for it and hire them to do it so like no matter what I know I can get through this project I just might need to tap different resources to get it done Um, so yeah I I'm definitely not the most crafted craft, craft or like master or whatever. I haven't mastered the craft as much as other people. Uh, I haven't mastered all the strategy work as other people. I haven't done all of it, but I think I what I do is I mesh a lot of those experiences together.
0: But your strategy is incredible. So we haven't shown any images. So I'm going to just plop, uh, do much screen share real quick To okay. And I, I haven't signed in. I'm totally following you. So guys don't be like, oh my gosh, she doesn't even follow him. I've already appreciated this project. Like I just don't remember what my login is on this. So this is his Behance or Behance or however you say it. Um, and I love this. So this is really, really one long graphic. I love how you put this in. I'm going to tell all my students to do this because I think this is absolutely brilliant. And you can actually, I can see your progression from because I looked at some of your earlier <laughs> stuff, and it was it just this is so nice. Okay, but one of the things I love so you that have the etymology, right? Is that how you say mm-hmm. that? Yeah. Okay. So then you have the summary of the strategy. And then you have the mood board because I tell him to do mood boards too and I do mood boards for me. And so I love this and it just kind of takes it in and through the whole process. And this is what he's putting in his behant. So, oh, boogers. Oh, could you see that? Can you see this thing? Okay. Oh, crap. Um, Cancel. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting all this stuff. So then you're really breaking it up for us. I love this. I think this is just brilliant. And this is where your strategy to me is so inspiring and it comes in and you're really, it's like putting words where we just make decisions and sometimes, but it's really strategic. And I love that about this. And I love the type you used as a combinations. Anyway, just love the whole thing. And then you're putting it on, on things, which I love.
1: Yeah. uh, The, that signage, if you scroll up really quickly. I think the good the good key to knowing if I've nailed it out of the park I was on the call with the capsule owner and I was presenting all this stuff and when I showed him the lockup of the logo on the signage, he started like crying it's it's it was great. He's like, I can see this happening now. he's like I, I know that my company can be a success. I know I can get there um, mm-hmm. and I think that is like one of the most powerful things that I I can do for a company is help them reach their goals or their business. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Anyway, I just really like when you started talking about strategy, I actually think you're, you do amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and click on this. This is the, I mean, I had seen your work before, but the creative, explain what the creative jam was. And then, um, and I know you do it here as well. So if anybody forgets, and Really, you can get to his um, Behance. It's just behance.net slash Alex, A-L-E-X, L-A-Z-A-R-I-S, Alex Lazarus. So, all right, tell us about the Creative Jam one.
1: Yeah, so the Creative Jam was a three-hour competition where they don't tell you what the prompt is until you go sit down. They didn't have Wi-Fi. Oh. So I had to, like, tether to my phone to pull stuff. I was like, oh, my God, why don't we have Wi-Fi at this event Uh, that Nope, Creative South, Wi-Fi next year. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so they essentially give us a theme, and it was very vague. Um, and it was it was t- something about your memories. What does it say up? Can you um, up?
0: It said um,
1: it's down. time-based.
0: Uh, it was. Oh, no, sorry. It's it was in a, the, the box. Oh, sorry. There we we have all our time machines. So some take us back. They're called memories. Some take us forward. They're called dreams. And that was the prompt.
1: So literally you can do anything you want for three hours and then you show it to, what, 300 people and that is nerve-wracking. So for me, I was like really excited. I haven't done beer branding or packaging in a long time. I was like, this would be a perfect, perfect example. For me, I I think about a good beer and I think about my friends, my memories that I've had with them. Mm. Like beer can be reminiscent of a land or a time. So I thought about how do I incorporate this uh, into a beer can. Um so it, like kind of was inspired by Gulliver's Travels, kind of has like little people and this like headless dude who's like Gulliver, I guess. Um and so yeah, it was just type and illustrations and color and nerve wracking and I But picked it's also it collage. Terribly.
0: Right. But you, you use collage. It was about scale. It's about perspective. It's about changing those things. And it was absolutely beautiful, but it was also limited color. You chose to limit your color palette, which I think is amazing. Terrific. That was a great choice because it really stood out. And also you chose to actually implement it. Just like the guy at capsule. He was like, Oh my gosh, now I see it. Now it looks real. Yours actually looked the realest of anybody's. And I was like, Oh my gosh, he should have won. Like you won in my book, like completely. Um, but it was, it is, I love how you're thinking about the whole thing, the backstory on your art direction, what, where you went from the prompt. Anyway, I just thought it was terrific. Somebody said something. So I want to make sure I go. So so Carly said, that's beautiful. I told you, right? Yeah.
1: So they had, they had, um, for that competition, everybody paired off into twos and then they had an odd number. So I volunteered to be by myself. Um,
0: that was so nice.
1: Played, I think it's easier that way though. Maybe. So, and like some people came already as pairs, so that's that's great for them. But like meeting somebody and then being like, Hey, what are you good at? What are you what am I good at? Okay, who wants to art direct this? I think I think that I think I technically had the easier play. Maybe out so.
0: Of Maybe but. So. <laughs> so. But it was great. And I thought it was a simple, um, but it was actually really a deep kind of um uh, solution I think so I loved that yeah, um, I think I
1: would have won if I did not freak out in front of everybody when so did you hard. freak out oh I like I was just like <laughs> I walked up to the stage and I was like I uh, made a can and <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was so nerve wracking I, I, I don't even
0: remember out. you doing that <laughs> I don't remember you saying that at all all I remember <laughs> is the work so I don't remember like that that you're talking about I was there I watched the whole thing like I, I know was just blown away by your work. So nobody remembered. I, you said freak out. I'm thinking like in the creative jam, you were like, Oh my God, gotta pee or something, you know, like you being on stage. I don't remember anybody that was there, Jason, (laughs) Brian, Shauna, anybody remember him freaking out Mm. and nobody says anything. So they don't remember it either.
1: Well, well, thank you.
0: (laughs) So Amy says, same here. She was blown away by the work. You should have won. Um, I don't even remember who won, but I remember your work. Isn't that, that's pretty amazing.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate that. So, that
0: all right. So I had a couple more questions and we don't have a lot of time because yeah. somebody probably needs that room. All right. So um, you accepted that failing is just part of the design package, which I love that. I'm going to try to embrace it. I really had my inner Alex on Monday because I was totally freaking out about a logo anyway. So I thank you for just being you and inspiring me. It seems like this step really causes people to sl- stumble and the people is me I guess um talked for myself did you have big goals like by 25 I want to be blank or what are s- some of your other career goals or life goals have you always been goal oriented
1: <laughs> I think I used to be extremely goal oriented and then I realized that's dumb <laughs> I think I like I for some reason when I turned 24 I was like well, I should have been a lawyer or something. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking. I just remember like being a child. I was like by twenty four, I'm gonna have two kids, a wife, uh, I'll be a lawyer, and have a house or something. Like had no idea of what the scale of time actually is. Right. Or what adulting means. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think the the older I get, the more wise I get. No, I don't <laughs> I I think I still have goals. I still have like aspirations. I still want to be successful. I still want to learn my craft better. I still want to help inspire people more. But I think I've stopped like stopped trying to prescribe my life for myself. Uh, I had a couple like events kind of shake up my life. And so I, I like and uh, what I thought they would be like didn't turn out to be what they are. So uh, I like not planning it so much. Um, for me like skateboarding and motorcycle racing are two things where you kind of just relinquish control like you can do as much planning and practice as much as possible as you want but in motorcycle racing if you're too rigid and you're afraid of the corner you're going to like tighten up and you won't take the corner um so you have to be loose and fluid and you have to like let the road kind of guide you and like be comfortable and change um so just like in life you have to just accept that you've practiced and you're, you're strong enough to get through everything and just kind of like let things flow and kind of l- be less, try to pres- less prescriptive.
0: I like. think that's going to, that's a really good way of being, especially as a leader because things never go as planned. You have too many never. people coming in. So being a leader, that's not going to freak out instead of being somebody who's um so my, oh my goodness, don't go tell so-and-so because Diane's going to freak out because you didn't do this or whatever. That's how I feel like I am sometimes. So, so getting into your head in uh, the flow state, getting into a flow state. So we Mm -hmm. talked about this a little bit and that's kind of where for you, the skateboarding and, um, and these are kind of, I would say these are extreme sports, right? Um, but there's something about them that helps you de-stress. Do you feel like Twitch is a super stressful or do you feel like just design, it's not stressful to you because you enjoy it or?
1: Um, Don't get me wrong. Like design can be stressful. Like you have timelines uh, and you have to deliver. And sometimes when you're in that, that 10th hour of your project, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get this done by tomorrow. And you're like, all right. Well, I guess I have to stay here late. Um, you know, things like that. You're just like, how is this happening? Like, how do I? I know I can do this. How do I? What? What's the key thing that's going to like pop in and make it work? Um, that happens a lot. I, I don't say. I don't think Twitch is the most stressful job I've had. I don't think that by a long shot. Like, I'm used well, they- to. So
0: in, In-house in compared to agency is going to be a lot less stressful, right?
1: Completely. Exactly. And like running my own shop full-time was definitely way more stressful. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm not doing anything with friends because I have to work constantly. You know, you can't turn down anything. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I don't know. So for so, me, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. For me, you what?
1: Uh, for me, like uh, for me, doing these sports and these travels and stuff for me is a way of looking for inspiration or like calming my brain down a little bit so Mm. I can like not focus on design all the time. It's really easy being a designer. You're constantly bombarded by stuff. You're looking at advertisements, you're walking down the street, you're looking at logos, you're looking at restaurants, you're looking at the branding, you're looking at color palettes, you're getting bombarded all the time. And while that's great, it's sometimes good to step away. Um, like people do running a lot, like running is a great way for me to just like clear my head and let things kind of flow and not pay attention to as much. Um, so anything I can do to get my head out of the normal, how do I move this around? How do I do this is ideal for me.
0: So that's that flow state. That's what you're talking about, that it's kind of a rest for your brain. So with the extreme sports, it's like, if you're not really paying attention, you will crash, you will fall, you could get hurt. So it's really important for you. It's just another way of getting to that flow state quicker, I guess, because you do have to focus so much on what you're physically doing right then.
1: Absolutely, yeah. If like the, <clears throat> we'll have a warm up lap or practice morning session for motorcycle racing, and it's at seven a.m. or eight a.m. It's eight a.m., and you're the first ones on the track, and it's still cold, and it's just like, you see the sunrise kind of coming up over the mountains or whatever, and you're just like, wow, this is really pretty, and then you can take it chill, and then once the race hits, it's like, boom, I'm in the zone. I know what I'm doing. Here's what are the goals I'm setting for each corner, and yeah kind of just stop focusing on it. All
0: right. So we've, we've done pretty good getting through. We have six minutes. Um, so what's the hardest thing about leading creatives and what do you like the most?
1: Hmm. I think the hardest part sometimes is, um, remembering that other designers aren't you.
0: Um, hmm.
1: so I think it's easy to be like, this is how I do it. And then prescribe a method. Um, think the easiest like the hardest part is sometimes not not grabbing that mouse from somebody not saying okay I'll just do it myself um, I've had design directors do that and that's a really refreshing frustrating experience um, because I think a good design director or a good design leader is one that can let you stumble enough to let you explore plenty of options but then also hold you up whenever like you're feeling like you're floundering and tell you, okay, Hey, why don't you take a break from this? Why don't you try something else for a little bit? Um, Have you thought about this? Um, So it's one that's supportive, but not feeling like they're micromanaging you. Nobody wants that. Um, One of the best things I've ever heard from anybody was from uh, Aaron, who's the old design director I was working with. He said, um, well, there's like, he broke down design into like the realm of acceptability. And I think, um, junior designers nitpick. Senior designers and design leaders should know that there's a realm of acceptability. And knowing how to get projects into that acceptability level is what we should all be trying to do. Um, is it worth, okay, if a project is 95% of the way, is it worth another 15, 20 hours to get it 98% of the way? Right. Or is it good enough to ship it out and you can have a good weekend now? Um, I think, uh, the more I see design junior designers working, the more I see them like just bashing things mm-hmm. rather than like helping guide. Um, so I think, I think that's the biggest takeaway is I sometimes have to step back and be like, why is that bad? Or why do I not like this? How do I, how do I do this? Or how would I do this? And try to prescribe feedback in a way that guides them, but doesn't tell them what to do, um,
0: that's also probably because of the way you analyze things of how you want it. How would Shauna do this or how would, you know, as how, so I think that's just a really good analytical part of you. And that I think is one of definitely one of your strengths. So what's okay. the, what do you like most about leading creatives? Cause it's takes a certain person to be able to do this well.
1: Yeah. I I think for me, I've realized over time, like, while I enjoy really making work myself and I really enjoy like the output, like the capsule work is super fulfilling to me. I really love doing that stuff. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't really care who's making the work as long as everybody's happy making it. Mm. Um, And so I get a lot of joy when people like, this is awesome. And it's like, look at this thing I made. It's like, I don't know. I feel like it's probably like a mom or a dad putting the, the child's work on the fridge. It's like, this is so cool. It's like, yeah, I'm so excited for you. You're growing, like you're really getting it. Um, and I don't know, like some of the people that I've like mentored over the years have like been like, Hey, your advice on my portfolio has really helped It's stuck with me. I just got this new job and I used all the tips that you had and it like feels really good. It's like, I don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, well, how long do you normally mentor? Is this that just do you do like a portfolio review and it's just kind of a one stop sit down or is this something that you have, you kind of seek out someone to mentor or they seek out you or how does it work and how long does it last?
1: Yeah, it really all depends um, on the person. I typically do like one coffee session a week for like anybody who wants them so they can email me and and say, what's up? They want to talk Uh, because at the end of the day, it's just a coffee. It's like an hour of my time and it might help them. It might not. Um, It depends on all. It depends on them, really. Like I can give as much guidance as they want or not. Um, but like, like I said earlier, like if, if you're not putting in the effort and you want me to just do your work for you or just want me to get you a job, I, I don't really, I can't really help you. But if you were like, Hey, I've been practicing really hard on this. Like, what can I do? Like, I, like, I feel a lot of empathy for that. And I want to help that person as much as possible. So I've had people for six months, a year, some people one time that, right, so it just depends.
0: So if somebody, cause if, I think this is something that so we should be doing more of either you having a mentor. Or like I think we all need mentors, but I Absolutely. also think we need to mentor. So and you're never too old or never too young to do either, you're never, never, you can have a younger mentor. You can have an older mentor. You, it doesn't matter. It's about where they are in their place. Right.
1: Absolutely. I call Matt Hay and Jondon from Four mm-hmm. uh, forefathers group all the time. Like, I, yeah, those guys are so lovely and they're, they're, hyper intelligent and you had them on the show and they're just, they're dialed. And I, I want to be those guys so badly when I grow up. So yeah. (laughs) But so, so, um,
0: how, how do you think, how do you start that? Like, how do you, so if I'm wanting to be a mentor and find a mentee, what would you tell, how do you get that started?
1: And just do it. I don't know. Uh, I I'm lucky. Uh, San Francisco has a group called Cascade SF um, that I found early on to me moving here where they have mentor nights. And I was like, hey, I would love to be a mentor here. Let me help you out. Um, I'm just open to do it. So um, I've had people, because I put like mentor on my Twitter bios and all this other stuff. So people that like come across my portfolio or whatever, uh, I I get lots of DMs about it. So I, I really enjoy like people just reaching out and saying, hey, I like your work. I like how you thought about this thing. I would love to like pick your brain about how I can do it. So um,
0: so just being open and telling people that you do it, I think is yeah. the first step for people, right? Correct.
1: I, I don't typically like reach out and say, Hey, let me mentor you. Cause I feel like that becomes like an ego thing. Um, I've been like really turned off on like the design scene where it's like ego based lately. Yeah. Um, like, especially when they're, they're turning off. Like I feel like we're really good about like hyping up people that are already hyped and dribble does that really well. Right. I want to like help the people that haven't been hyped up yet because I, I'm still like, I'm not hyped. I'm I haven't used my dribble for like a year before this or whatever. Like, I so I I feel like helping the people that are underground and just like kind of camaraderie and just good people is what we need more of in the scene rather than like top dribble posts giving away free laptops and stuff.
0: Absolutely, I'm with you on that. I think because there's a lot of really great talent and somebody just somebody might leave the field with this amazing talent because nobody saw it or they nobody believed in them or something and I don't think it's like hey do you want me to mentor you but I think one of the things we can do is put that on our thing if you're open to being a mentor if you're opening open to doing something like that
1: absolutely I agree so,
0: all right so we are almost we are out of time you probably have to go and get out of that room so I want to share with people everybody how they can follow you. So I want to make sure everybody knows. Do you say Behance or Behance?
1: I say Behance, but I don't think there's a wrong way to say it.
0: Probably is. Probably my way is the wrong way. All right. So Behance.net slash Alex Lazarus, A-L-E-X-L-A-Z-A-R-I-S. And then on Dribbble and it's Alex underscore Lazarus and Dribbble has three B's. <laughs> okay. So being
1: a brand designer, I have all the broken links. Like n- there's no consistency with my
0: links. <laughs> well, you're like competing with your cousin or something, right? Like
1: Oh he... yeah. My cousin has Alex Lazarus on stuff now.
0: <laughs> so so this my cousin has
1: my exact name, so it makes it very difficult.
0: That that is. Um that that does make it a little bit harder. So this uh here's all the the best way you told me to tell people is um, through Instagram is the best way to kind of keep up with you and your crazy life.
1: And yeah, it's I don't just, really put the design work there. It's more of like, hey, look, I'm traveling around the world doing dumb things that <laughs> moms don't like.
0: <laughs> and it's just Lazarus. Yeah, L-A-Z-A-R-I-S. And then on twitch.tv, you have your own channel, and then it's just Lazarus as well. And then on Twitter, it's Alex underscore Lazarus. Yep. Yeah. So, thank you so much. So, one last question. Awesome. If you... If you had to tell your younger self to go back and do something or go back in time, what would you tell yourself to do differently? And what time period would you tell, would you go back to that five-year-old with the be like, you need to analyze this more.
1: Honestly, I'm going to double down and say I would never go back in time. I like all the failures, all the successes, everything that's happened in my life has like helped me get to where I am now. So I would definitely, I wouldn't want to change that. I think I needed those experiences. I need everything that that the accumulation of experiences to to shape me where I am now, and it's going to continue to shape me for the rest of my life. So I'm excited about Ab- that.
0: Absolutely, I love the answer. Well, thank you so much for being on. We'll have to get what's coming up next. Next time, I guess. Perfect. Um, but thank you so much for giving me your day in your cute little um <laughs> snuggie. I don't know, it's not a snuggie, it's a onesie. It's a onesie.
1: Yeah. Because no, you're
0: fighting child cancer,
1: right? Absolutely. Child so, cancer is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it is. Yeah, so awesome.
0: um next week we have Eric Reagan on the show. So make sure you tune in for that. And we're going to be talking about scaling up your business and what all that does and how scary that can be. And then having your first employees, things like that. And a couple other things we'll be talking about as well. And then if um, you want to reach out to me, you can always email me at com, And that's Y O U, not a U. You probably should buy that URL as well. Uh, but anyway, that's what it is. And then you can always follow me on @designrecharge recharge on Instagram or Twitter and send me a message. So thank you guys. And um, Alex, thanks so much for being here today.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Diane. I appreciate it. That was awesome.